Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's Scripture Reflections. Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. This week, we're talking about Pope Francis's surprise Holy Thursday liturgy at the home of Cardinal Angelo Becciu. Cardinal Becciu was removed from his position last fall and is being investigated in connection with the Vatican's London real estate scandal. We'll refresh you on that story and talk about what this gesture means. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning and happy Easter from New Orleans, Jerry. Happy Easter to you from sunny Rome, Colleen. It's uh, Tuesday and it's a holiday in the Vatican. They take a holiday on Monday and Tuesday. Oh man, I didn't even get the day off on Monday. (laughs) Uh, You are in the orange zone now, right? We're in the orange zone. There are only two colors in Italy right now, orange or red. And the red, uh, everything is paralyzed. The orange zone... Some things are functioning and we're able to move more freely. Things are looking a little bit more hopeful over here. We had we had a pretty nice scene on Easter. Uh, you know, the, the churches were open again, so I got to go in person for almost the first time since my wedding last summer. Um, and, you know, people are starting to get vaccinated. So so there's there's a sign of hope, you know, that that eventually this thing could end. Yes, I think this is everybody's praying that we get through the summer. And people have been vaccinated. God, yes, absolutely. The idea of Pope Francis going to Cardinal Becciu's apartment for Holy Thursday of all people is somewhat remarkable, given that last September the Pope fired Becciu in somewhat dramatic fashion, uh, defenestrated him, actually. Sources close to the Pope interpret it as a paternal gesture toward the Cardinal, typical of Holy Thursday. This is the first time a Pope celebrates the Holy Thursday Mass of the Lord's Supper privately. All right, well, let's talk about uh, the news of the week. Uh, The big thing that we want to talk about this week is that on Holy Thursday, uh, Pope Francis celebrated a private Mass at the home of Cardinal Angelo Becciu. Uh, Our listeners will remember that he lost his position and his rights as a cardinal, basically everything except the name. So he can't can't vote in a conclave, but he's still called cardinal. Uh, This was back in September, and most people believe that that was linked to his involvement in the Vatican's London real estate scandal, though that investigation is still ongoing. Now, usually on uh, Holy Thursday, Pope Francis will get out of the Vatican. He will go to a prison, for example. He'll celebrate Mass there, wash people's feet. He's made news a bunch of times for washing the feet of you know women, inmates, Muslims. Uh, so it's always it's always a big moment to see to see what he'll do. And this year, the place that he went was uh, Cardinal Becciu's house. Jerry, let's talk about uh, what was significant about that and maybe lay out the basics of what happened and, and who was there. Well, what was significant is that uh, nobody knew it was going to happen. Since he's been Archbishop of Buenos Aires, 1998, 
Uh, he's always on the Holy Thursday. He has left the cathedral and gone to the shanty towns, gone to children's hospital, gone to prisons to celebrate the Holy Thursday, the, the Mass of the Last Supper and the washing of the feet. He followed through with this when he became Pope, much to the surprise of everybody in Rome, the first Holy Thursday, just weeks after his election, he set out for the juvenile prison. And uh, ever since, he's been doing something like this until last year when he was blocked in the Vatican and he did a Mass in St. Peter's, but with just skeleton staff, the essential staff, just very few people. This year, he handed over the he asked his designated Cardinal Ray, that's the Dean of the College of Cardinals, to celebrate the Mass in the Basilica. So when they announced that uh, Cardinal Ray was going to be celebrating the Holy Thursday evening Mass, everybody was kind of wondering, what's he going to do? And, and then we found out about this kind of after the fact. Yes, about seven o'clock in the evening, there was a, one journalist who was close to Cardinal Becciu, uh broke the bombshell news saying that the Pope had celebrated Mass in Cardinal Becciu's private chapel in his apartment. Cardinal Becciu, for our listeners, Cardinal Becciu lives in the what was called the Holy Office. So it's about five minutes, seven minute walk from where the Pope lives, both inside the Vatican. And uh, Cardinal Becciu had planned to celebrate Mass, and he had about five, seven people in, in, the, in the chapel, the two sisters who look after him, and four or five of the Focolari movement, which, which is very close. And shortly before he was due to celebrate Mass at 5.30, uh, Francis phones him and says, well, what are you doing this evening? What are you, where, how are you celebrating Mass? And the Cardinal says, well, I'm just doing as I did last year. I'm with some friends here. And the Pope said, uh, would you mind if I join you? And he just walked down and went in and joined him. Nothing from the Vatican, no information, nothing. And then this journalist who was close friend of Cardinal Becciu said he had been authorized by the Cardinal to break the news that the Pope had celebrated Mass. And of course, everybody sent messages to the Vatican press office. Please tell us, how do we understand this? But the Vatican gave no information. Eventually, in the about eight or nine o'clock in the evening, the Vatican reported that it had information from the Focolari movement. Yeah, the, we should say the Focolari movement is, uh, it's an international organization. It, it started as Catholic. Now it has sort of more of an ecumenical bent too, um, that was started after the Second World War to promote the ideas of, it says, unity and universal brotherhood. Yeah, this was really bizarre because, I mean, usually the Vatican would be the go-to source for confirming, hey, the Pope celebrated this Mass. But instead, what they said was, uh, according to what has been learned from sources who are members of the Focolari movement and confirmed by members of Cardinal Becciu's staff around 5 p.m., and then it says that he celebrated the Mass. And it says, this was a private engagement on the Pope's part, and there is, as of yet, no official confirmation, even though this exact story is published on Vatican News, the official state media of the Vatican. <laughs> a 
disgraced Italian cardinal is speaking out about his forced resignation. Cardinal Angelo Becciu says Pope Francis accused him of embezzlement, but he denies any wrongdoing. During what was supposed to be a work meeting, the Pope explained the accusations against him and asked the cardinal to resign. It was a tense 20-minute meeting. Dunque diceva una cosa surreale perché ieri fino alle 6:02 mi sentivo amico del Papa. Just a refresher on Cardinal Becciu's connection to the London real estate scandal, this was when an Italian businessman suggested to the Vatican that they invest $200 million in a 45% share in a building in London that was going to be converted into luxury apartments. Now, the Vatican ended up losing money on this deal when the property value dropped, and the only way for them to get out of it was by buying out the whole building. And this made a huge profit for the middleman. Cardinal Becciu's connection to this is that he was the chief of staff in the Vatican's powerful Secretariat of State office, and he was the one who approved the investment. So the Vatican's investigation into this scandal is now looking at how the middlemen were chosen, how much responsibility each person on the Vatican side had, and how much Cardinal Becciu told the Pope. A handful of Vatican employees were already suspended in connection with this investigation, and last September, Cardinal Becciu was removed from his position and asked to resign all of his rights as a cardinal except his title. On the 20th of September, 2020, Cardinal Becciu, then prefect of the Congregation of Saints, had a, his weekly meeting with the Pope. And he walked in just after six o'clock, and he thought he would just do business, and the Pope said to him very quickly, he said, uh, uh, I've got some problems, and he says, I don't trust you any longer. And uh, he said, I, uh, later the Cardinal told the press, I went in as a friend of the Pope, as a trusted person of the Pope, and I came out knowing the Pope no longer trusted me. He was asked to hand in his resignation as Prefect of the Congregation of Saints, and to surrender his, renounce his rights as cardinal, which means he cannot vote in a conclave, which is the principle, and he's not, no longer advisor to the Pope. So he lost everything in, in, in the space of 20 minutes. Yeah, and, and it seems like, I mean, when you listen to him talk about it, it almost seems like he's even more upset about losing his, his friendship with Pope Francis or having that damage than he is even about losing the rights associated with his title. Well, friendship is, is another question. I, I think he was trusted advisor because Francis inherited Archbishop Becciu as chief of staff. He confirmed him in the job. So he, he was obviously trusted by the Pope and it's as a trusted person. So when he went into the Pope and said this, this and this is on this question, the Pope trusted him and believed him. But the Pope made clear to him that the magistrates had come to the Pope, had explained the problems they had with the Cardinal in relation to the London property, and the Pope felt the Cardinal had broken his trust. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, it almost feels a little bit on the nose then when we look at the fact that this was Holy Thursday to see, you know, here we've got this, this, the story of you know, Judas betraying Jesus and, and Jesus washing his feet anyway. And and then you look at Pope Francis going to celebrate this mass at Cardinal Becci's apartment. You know, you never want to draw a parallel between someone and Judas. Like, obviously, that's that's terrible. Um, but it, it feels like there was some sort of symbolism here that we're not supposed to miss. Well, the Pope 
has traditionally been a pastor. He always sees himself first and foremost as a pastor, as a pastor of souls. He knew that the cardinal was a wounded man, deeply wounded. You might say broken in many ways. The cardinal had made this clear to him because he'd asked, he'd phoned him, he'd spoken to him, he'd asked to meet him after that famous 20th of September. So the Pope had met him at least once, and they spoke to him more than once, I understand. So the Pope knew his state of mind, his state of soul, and so he obviously went to console him. It was a pastoral gesture, a gesture of mercy, a gesture of trying to heal a wounded man. It did not mean, and this is where the press have gone, some of the press which have been favorable to Cardinal Bechu, some of the journalists, have, and his brother, have gone really mistaken. They have said, the Pope is recognizing his own mistake. He's recognizing he made an error. He, he's basically rehabilitating the Cardinal. There is no evidence for this. I do not for a moment believe, and having spoken to other people since, that the Pope has in any way changed his mind about the decisions he made on the 20th of September 2020. Uh, people here expect that Bechu will uh, have to appear in court to face a trial with others, uh, not in April. It could be in May sometime or June, certainly before the summer. We know the investigation, the process is uh, near finishing, but will take perhaps another month. Mm-hmm. And judging from the way that Pope Francis has been handling, you know, this this ongoing financial scandal, um, he's always tried to allow the investigation to proceed as it's going to proceed and giving them, you know, carte blanche to investigate everyone, no matter what their rank. And so it, it's, it seems very unlikely and out of character that Pope Francis would uh, even think about, you know, intervening now while the investigation is still ongoing to to give someone some sort of pardon. Yes, and Colleen, there's a second uh, thing to remember. More than a year ago, Francis accepted the resignation of the head of security, General Domenico Gianni. Mm-hmm. This was also linked to the same the same scandal, right? That was also linked in some way to this because it, under he, when he was chief of security, the names of the people who were being investigated was leaked to the press. And their photos. And he was held he was held responsible for that since he could not find or did not say who had leaked the names to the press. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious that it could have come either from the security or very small circle in the Vatican. So the, after he had accepted his resignation, effectively asked for it, the Pope then went to Domenico Gianni's house to comfort the family and to comfort Jenny, and then he he gave him a, an, an honor later on, but he never changed his decision about removing him from his position. So th- there is a parallel in how the Pope acts. I, I, at this point, uh, what we've had is a gesture, I said, of mercy, a gesture of consolation, a gesture reaching out to offer some support to the Cardinal, to offer some heal- healing, but not to change the decision. Uh, I think it's it's to misrepresent the Pope's act and to misunderstand how the Pope acts. All right. So we will stay tuned for more developments in this case of Cardinal Becciu. And we'll also have our eyes out to see what the Vatican's judicial authorities decide to do in the next few months. 
And uh, this was just one part of our Holy Week coverage. There were some really interesting homilies delivered at the Vatican during these most important days of the church year. Uh, Pope Francis spoke at the Chrism Mass on Holy Thursday morning about how preaching the gospel means taking up your cross, which Jerry saw as sort of a summary of Pope Francis' pontificate. And then on Good Friday at the Vatican, the homily was all about divisions within the church. So we have the full text of that Chrism Mass homily, we have a summary of the Good Friday homily, and we have Jerry's write-up of Pope Francis' Easter message, all at americamagazine.org, and I've linked to all of them in the show notes as well. All right, Jerry, I look forward to uh, following the next developments in, in this uh, investigation and in the Cardinal Vecchio case uh, with you. And as always, I, I appreciate having the chance to kind of parse some of the details with you and what they mean. Thank you, Colleen. I'm sure we're going to have, between now and the summer, I expect we'll be returning to this story many times. All right. Well, I will chat with you next week. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This week's episode was produced by Maggie Van Doren. Production assistance from Robert Balliser and the Jesuit Curia in Rome and Kevin Christopher Robles. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org and follow us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. That's inside without the second I, Vatican Pod. You can also email us your comments and questions at insidethevatican at americamedia.org. And if you want to support our work on Inside the Vatican, the best way to do that is by subscribing to America Magazine. You can do that at americamagazine.org slash subscribe. Thanks. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next time. Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's scripture reflections.